Welcome back to America's leading higher education podcast network, the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. This is EdUp EdTech, dedicated to interviewing leaders at the front end of technology and innovation in education, hosted by the amazing, the outstanding, the incredible Holly Owens. Now let's get to it and hear from your host, Holly Owens. Hey guys, we all know how hard it is to onboard new software, especially CRM software. You know what I'm talking about. But you haven't checked out Element 451. You can get up and running and see return on your investment fast. Implementation isn't just another line item to worry about. It's included in Element's straightforward pricing. The onboarding is streamlined because Element knows higher ed and automates things other companies do manually all without sacrificing customer service. And you'll be able to send out those acceptance letters within weeks. You don't have to outsource or wait on other departments for campaign content. Element comes with pre-written, professionally designed emails. It's an all-in-one, modular-based CRM system for your admissions department. If you want to increase yield, increase your enrollments, you got to check out Element 451 at element451.com. That's element451.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of EdUp EdTech. I'm Holly Owens, your host, and today I am thrilled to have the Senior Director of Higher Education with Microsoft, Chris Bunio. Hi, Chris. How are you today? Hi, Holly. I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you and talk about all the wonderful things Microsoft is doing in the higher ed space and share a lot of other things that people may not know about what you can do with say like your Office 365 account, Teams, all those different technology tools um, that the instructors and educators can use in this space. But before we get into that, I want you to tell us your journey. Um, in this podcast, we'd like to hear people's journey into the ed tech space. You know, how did you get started with Microsoft? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Sure, that sounds great. Um, so I've been with Microsoft for about 17 years now, just over 17 years. Um, and my uh, path with Microsoft actually started through um, an opportunity I had in the Middle East to start working for Microsoft in consulting services. Um, so that was quite some time ago. Uh, from that consulting services role, I moved into uh, a public sector technical architect role that was based in the UK and then ended up in Turkey uh, in Istanbul for about seven years, first of all, running a public sector business. Uh, While I was in Turkey, there was an interesting shift that happened globally with EdTech. This was about, I'd say, 10 years ago, where uh, schools started looking at devices like tablets as being a key part of how they think about their education delivery. Uh, At the time, Turkey was uh, planning to roll out a tablet to every student in the country, so 16 million tablets. And uh, being, <laughs> yeah, incredible, right? Yeah. Uh, being local there, I um, I was um, tapped, I would say, uh, by Microsoft to to lead the efforts to really um, look at what we needed to do to address the right kind of solution for that environment and uh, make sure that the the Turkish education system was set up for success with uh, the devices that they wanted to have in the environment. So that was really my, you know, where I came into the ed tech space, and that was about, I'd say, 10 years ago. Um, and from there, I've had various roles at Microsoft, um, all focused on 
either Microsoft's first party offerings in tech or focused on the tech ecosystem. Uh, but it's been an exciting space. Definitely sounds like it with getting 16 million devices in the hands of students, but also that's like, you know, when people think uh, about doing that, they see it, you know, as a challenge, but it, it seems like such an opportunity for students to have the that have the ability to have those devices. And you're talking 10 years ago. Yeah. So it's not like it is today. That that was really on the cusp of something great that was really innovative to think that put put those in the hands of every student. That's that's a great that's a great story. Yeah, so, yeah, it was an interesting project. And, you know, with all these big projects, you know, they start one way and they end up a different way. But um, the idea was good. And some of the learnings out of those experiences, those early ones, are kind of reflected in how schools are rolling out technology today. So we had to go through some of those phases for sure. Right. You had to work out the kinks a little bit. I mean, 16 million people, <laughs> you can't expect not to have some some kinks, but definitely some learning experiences, it sounds like. Um, and it's not, you know, it's international, it's not in the United States. So you're, you're doing this on a, on a grander scale than what typically, you know, we're used to. That's, can you imagine in the United States saying, we're going to give uh, tablets and things to every student, <laughs> how that would look. I know institutions do it locally, but it, I can't imagine, uh, but it be, would be wonderful, I think. Yeah, we've seen some pretty big rollouts in the U.S. with uh, devices like the LAUSD project early on to give iPads to every student. Obviously, that one did not work out the way they wanted it to, but we've still seen school districts getting you know, tens of thousands of devices in the hands of students. Um, so I think the, the scale is you know, now state, city, school district level, um, but we see some pretty ambitious projects out there. Yeah, I think that's wonderful that people are it definitely, you know, we're going to talk about this a little later on the episode, how COVID impacted things. Um, so people wanted to definitely get the devices in the hands of the students. So going along with your experience in the ed tech space and what you've done um, in all your roles at Microsoft, how would you personally define educational technology? Um, it, it's a hard question to answer with specificity. Um, I, I look at ed tech as, as all the technology that basically contributes to uh, the process of learning. So that could be a computer or a tablet that's in the hands of students. It could be a service provided by um, a company who's got you know, learning content or learning applications. Um, it's also the infrastructure that's required to run assessment or uh, testing. So I take a pretty broad view of it and look at all the different pieces of the ecosystem that need to come together to provide an effective uh, technology solution for education. That's great. And I love it how you said ecosystem because it does involve a lot of players in the game, you know, the educators, the technology itself, and then also the pedagogy behind implementation of some of those things. So you touched, you, you, you went in it pretty specifically. And I find that when I ask um, guests this question, they're like, oh gosh, I'm not really an ed tech expert, but they answer it in such an expert type way, which you just did. So thank you very much. Um, what so let's talk about, and we could get really dive into this uh, as deeply as we want to. What are some of the products and services um, and that Microsoft provides? And of course, I know them, you know them, but that our audience should be aware of that helps institutions or, or organizations in education. Sure, sure. Um, so Microsoft takes a pretty broad approach to looking at education and what, what actually we do to serve education. Um, at this point in time, across many of our product sets, um, and some that you wouldn't think of when you first think about education, there are teams working to either build education features or education capabilities into those solutions. 
So the main ones that people think about when they first think about Microsoft are obviously Windows and Surface as the devices that people would use on a day-to-day -day basis in the classroom. And then the Office 365 suite with Teams and Word and PowerPoint, all the things that we're used to. So those make up kind of the core bits of what we drive as our education platform. Uh, more recently, we've had specific developments around our Azure cloud services with services like uh, Azure Lab Services, which is really geared around doing virtual labs in a cloud-based world. And, uh, and now even with Dynamics, we've got a uh, data model and accelerator for a Dynamics platform to allow universities and, uh, and K-12 systems to leverage some of the capabilities there for common data. So it's a pretty expansive view that we take and across you know, pretty much all of our product sets, we've got education capability either built in now or, or being adopted for those, for those products. That's wonderful. And of course, like I've seen Microsoft, I've been hired for about 10 years. So as an educator and teaching in this space, I taught K through 12 for a bit and then you know, jumping into higher ed and getting the availability of the Office 365 was like a game changer for me. Um, and my students as well, because we could collaborate in, in a variety of different ways. And then when Teams came along, that was another game changer because of the communication aspect and even integrating some of those um, features that were very like an LMS mm -hmm. and using that with students, you know, you didn't have to necessarily have access. I call them the big four in higher ed the <laughs> LMSs. I won't mention them because I don't want to show my bias. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it really, it really changed the way that we thought about how we could do things in education. And this was pre COVID. So trying to be innovative around that. What are some of the favorites, you know, of yourself or some of the people that you have worked with over the years, what are there, some of their favorite features or products? Um, you know, it's it's been interesting because the uh, the Teams platform has really just taken off in terms of what it does for education. When we started the year last year, um, Teams was growing quickly, and um, people were starting to use it for video and voice communication, collaboration um, projects. You know, structuring their classes around having a, a really uh, um, interactive kind of model for simulating much of what goes on in the classroom. And we'll talk about COVID later, so I'll leave the rest yeah, of leave that the, story leave for a bit. Yeah, leave the fun COVID conversation for a little yeah, bit later. Yes, some of the really interesting places where we've also seen a lot of um, uh, excitement is around newer acquisitions Microsoft's made with Minecraft and Flipgrid. Um, Minecraft in particular, the education edition, has been used in a ton of creative ways to model uh, everything from uh, cities for people who are studying geography to doing science experiments. So there's a lot of real innovation that comes through in that type of a platform. Um, and Flipgrid as a tool for student voice and student communication has really taken off, um, particularly when we're thinking about social and emotional learning. So a ton of great stuff that's happening with some of the newer acquisitions. But for me, I'm a, I, in my past life, I was a developer. So I tend to gravitate towards things like our Azure services and, and some of the things that happen from a data perspective. Um, and I think the work that we're doing around capabilities like education uh, insights within the Teams platform that let you really see what's happening from a student interaction and engagement um, uh, approach uh, really starts to bring much more personalization and uh, direct learning connection into the experience. Uh, so for educators, they can really understand how students are engaging with content or lessons and start to really tailor some of the approach towards what those students are doing. Oh my goodness. I'm just hanging, I'm literally hanging on your every word here because you're like speaking my language, the personalization, using the data to tailor the, the teaching 
uh, for the students. This is so important. And, you know, we're realizing, we, should, we probably realized this a long time ago, education is definitely not one size fits all. And there needs to be some personalized attention or some adaptive type situations where the students can uh, accelerate themselves or if they need to, you know, maybe get extra support somewhere that the, the instructor can intervene there and help the students. I wanna know a little bit more about this data because I remember, you know, we had a conversation, we were fortunate enough to talk, speak to you twice on the EdUp experience and you were talking about a lot of data and um, things that are happening with Microsoft. So you wanna get more specific about that. What are you guys doing with data and getting that information out to the institute or organizations? Sure, sure. So one of the key things that we did as we were going into the education space was develop a capability called uh, School Data Sync, which is a feature of Office 365 and Teams, which links uh, your Office 365 subscription to your student information system. So it allows information to flow into Office 365 to literally um, you know, mimic what's in your SIS so that you can automatically set up the relationship between students, classes, um, teachers, the whole the whole sort of organizational structure there. Um, having that information in Teams then lets you turn on uh, features uh, such as Insights. And Insights really is there to help connect the, um, the Teams experience with the type of uh, data that uh, is useful for uh, teachers and administrators to understand how students are, are really act, acting and interacting um, with the um, with the platforms, so it lets you look at students from a uh, class level um, and see you know just little bits and pieces about how they're actually working together. Uh, and one of the key things that that allows you to do as an as an educator is really you know identify early on if we have students that are struggling with certain areas, with students that are um, thinking about uh, or not or not necessarily. Uh, reflecting on the inputs that they're being given or not engaging with assignments. Um, so it's really a tool to help uh, teachers and, and faculty to really start understanding how students are, are interacting with the technology. And um, it works across the different parts of the uh, team's environment. So you can look at content or, or assignments that are done within, uh, within teams. So it actually gives a lot more insight to, to teachers for how they can be interacting with students and how they can support students if there are students who are struggling a bit with a particular topic area. Um, alongside that, um, some of the things that we've done with um, the immersive reader experience to ensure that we've got an I accessible- I love the immersive reader. Yeah. <laughs> I love the immersive reader. I have a student in my class this semester who is blind and I, I mentioned it to the student because, so go ahead, keep going. <laughs> well, no, and that reaction is what we get all the time when we just mention Immersive Reader. Um, I mean, as a capability, we've added it to everything that's in the Office 365 suite. It's available through the Edge browser. Um, and one of the big things that we've done this year is make it available to um, ISVs who are looking to integrate that capability into their software as well. So if you are uh, you know, an ISV and you're developing an application, you can leverage the Immersive Reader services uh, from our Azure cloud to be able to provide that capability to your application as well. That's so we've really, game. yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it just, it's, it's a game changer for what students can do and how we can really bring uh, fully inclusive learning to, to everyone. Absolutely. Are you ready to reimagine your admissions and enrollment marketing? Wherever you are in the admissions CRM selection process, Element 451 is here to help you. Now, why check them out? Well, Element 451 empowers admissions and enrollment teams to work more efficiently as they develop stronger, 
more personalized engagements with prospective students. Their cloud-based admissions, marketing, and enrollment CRM platform is powerful, yet easy to use. Complicated systems are exactly that, complicated. At its core are two of the most important ingredients for working smarter, automation and analytics. At Element 451, you get enrollment experts, marketers, engineers, data magicians, and thought leaders with decades of experience working in higher ed and ed tech to help you streamline your systems for more effective and greater yield. Visit them at element451.com. That's element451.com. Absolutely. And I love, I love this. The accessibility space is something that is, is so much, it needs the attention. It really, really, you know, the universal design for learning that sort of thing. And that just that one thing just opens up the, like you said, the opportunity for so many different students and not just students necessarily with learning disabilities, but you know, I don't know about you, but when I watch Netflix, sometimes I put the captions on because sometimes I just like to read it um, and, you know, or, you know, typing, you know, I'm doing a dissertation right now or speaking to the computer and it types everything. Just some of these things are just, they're absolute game changers, you know, maybe because we can speech to text from the computer that might eliminate, you know, getting carpal tunnel or something like that. Oh, absolutely. But this is wonderful stuff and it impacts a variety of different areas in education, but I'm so glad that, you know, Microsoft has made education a priority um, in their pursuit of different, different things. Uh, so that's, that's wonderful. Um, and now, you know, we can talk about uh, if you, if we want to talk a little bit more, you've, you've touched on some of the top features, you know, speaking to what users have said, and you saw my reaction to immersive reader and you said <laughs> you've gotten that before. Um, so I want to know as a company, how has COVID impacted Microsoft? So what are some of the things that you're doing to um, help students and educators uh, post pandemic? Yeah, COVID's been really interesting for us in particular. We, um, being a global company, we've seen it kind of ripple around the globe um, since last year. And and very personally, um, Microsoft runs a higher education event every February. So we had our fifth annual uh, event this year. We called our Campus Connection Summit. And uh, last year in February, we were starting to get signals uh, from Asia that uh, something was happening and that there was um, a challenge that was happening there with, with a new outbreak. So we were getting signals of this happening even before we uh, fully went into lockdown in March. Um, interestingly enough, what we were talking about back in 2020 was the need for education systems to think about digital, to think about online and hybrid learning, and thinking about how you know, the technology moved forward really needed to accelerate to be able to um, open up the doors for new ways of learning and really be, build more resilience. Um, and then you fast forward by literally a month and we started seeing countries locking down. We saw uh, countries like Italy flip over a million students online uh, overnight in the higher ed system. Uh, so we saw all of these massive projects to move students to an online environment uh, happen right gracious. away. They, they literally, yeah, a lot of them flipped the switch overnight. How, yeah. did, things go in, how did things go in Italy? Um, they went very, very well, <laughs> actually. Um, the interesting thing about Italy was that most of the universities had already been deploying Microsoft Teams and had already been starting to work with um, using Teams as a platform for collaboration and lecture capture and those different things. So when they had to go into lockdown, they already had the infrastructure in place. 
to be able That's to awesome. quickly switch over. Yeah. Great job, Italy. Great, <laughs> great job, Italy. <laughs> I yeah. feel like we're still working out some of the puzzle pieces here in the States, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a struggle. So, uh, you know, that's why I'm asking about how other countries did it so we can learn from some of their best practices and what they did. So they were kind of already, you know, online schools obviously were prepared, yes. but you know, like countries as a whole, it, it was really different everywhere. It was, it was. And, you know, the, one of the big struggles was that we were not, you know, as a company, we were in the process of building out all the infrastructure to support this. Our teams jumped in right away to go and help schools, but you had this just overall sense of confusion in the market about what to do and how to do it for schools that had not really been planning for any kind of online or hybrid environment. They were just lost. So you had in the early days of the response, people were just standing up whatever they had. You had people using Skype or WebEx or Zoom or Teams or, you know, who knows what to just throw up an online presence. And it was pretty chaotic. It was pretty confusing. Um, and it created a lot of challenges for students and teachers because, the, you know, even if you look at one university, you would sometimes have one faculty member using Zoom and another one using Skype and another one using Teams. So you didn't have really a, a uh, one size kind of fits all environment for people. And I think we're still seeing as, as this recovery is still going, um, you still have some of that happening in the market where schools are still using a variety of technologies to have teachers and students get connected. Um, so I think there's still you know, work to be done from the education side. One of the big things that um, we've seen happen is, is this move from the translation of a classroom to online. So think about um, you know, lecturer at the front of the class lecturing to students, um, shifting into a new model for hybrid and online learning. Um, the, the translating a classroom to, you know, to an online video doesn't work that well to create student engagement. So we're now seeing more faculty and teachers thinking about what that medium does for them and how they can use it better. Um, so as opposed to I just- I love that. I yeah. Because you just don't use technology for the sake of using technology. It has to have some sort of weight behind it and some sort of meaning Like you know, that stage on the stage that you were just talking about, like the shift from that to online. Um, I'm, I know that was a challenge for many. Yeah, we've seen some really amazing practices. Like one of the people we work with very closely is Dr. David Kellerman from the University of New South Wales in Australia. And he has been a long advocate of using you know, Teams as a platform to extend his reach of his class to people who are not necessarily physically attending. Um, and it was really integrated into the process. But he's been really leading the way when it comes to thinking about how do you redesign some of your classroom experience and start thinking about pedagogy and, and how do you actually create the right kind of learning experiences. So there are some real thought leaders that are emerging on new models. Um, so not just doing the translation to online, but really thinking about what does this technology open up and allow when it comes to the student experience. Um, so there's a lot of really cool stuff that's happening um, you know, with faculty innovation. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it to hear that the faculty are the innovators, you know, because typically it's the students, you know, or that's the perception anyways. But I love it when the faculty take a technology and they just go with it or they do something very, very creative. And you're like, wow, you know, it, it, it really can, it can change and shift the landscape of education. Um, and we both, we have something in common. Um, I've worked in higher education for 10 years. You're obviously the senior director of higher education. So I want to ask you, what you currently think about the status of higher education, you know, specifically in the United States when it comes to using technology, obviously COVID has changed things a bit, but what's your take on higher education? 
Yeah, COVID has changed things a lot, but in some ways it still hasn't. Um, so we saw a rush to get um, obviously some sort of system in place for students to be able to interact with faculty. Um, but, but I think one of the big things that was a challenge in the US was the decentralized kind of approach that's taken to technology in a lot of campuses where there isn't necessarily a, a cohesive strategy that's used to look at technology and it becomes very individualistic. Um, where we saw, you know, kind of the best um, models for supporting students, there was a little bit more cohesion to the way the technology was approached. So for a lot of the bigger schools, um, that's today just not the approach that they take. It's not necessarily feasible um, given decentralized decision making. So that's definitely one, one challenge. I think the opportunity that exists is to start rethinking some of the business models and some of the ways that schools are monetizing today. I know that when campuses closed, um, universities in the U.S. took a, a big hit on campus services, cafeterias, residents, yeah. like all of the other business services there. Um, and that's a different story to many universities around the world. So I think there's going to be a bit of a look at what's the real business model behind higher ed in, in the U.S. And, and what needs to happen and evolve to make that sustainable going forward. Definitely and scalable, too. Absolutely. For you know what we're dealing with now and I, you know i think um it, it just it just changed things and i'm really i'm actually the positive that came out of covid is for me as as an instructor in higher education is for people to see the value not only all these ed tech tools but also see the value of online education and everyone that i speak with you know they try to say okay we're going to try to make it as close to face as face as possible but these are two very different modalities Yes. So you really have to, you're not trying to make them the same. You're trying to, um, you know, elevate online. You're trying to make face-to-face -face very engaging, online very engaging, but they're so different. Um, and I could sit on my soap, my online soapbox all day, but I won't do that. Um, but I want to know what's next for Microsoft in higher education or education. You've spoken a lot of, about the technology tools that are available and without violating any sort of NDA agreement, what's next what's on the what's on the product roadmap yeah so some of the big things that we're looking at are how do we make sure that we're continuing to build uh capability into some of the platforms that we work with um so this year uh, we've got a real focus on how do we ensure that students are getting the skills that they need for the workforce um, and doing that with uh, microsoft learn is one of those platforms which is for technical skills um, and really looks at how do you start incorporating things like AI and IoT and um, you know, development skills into a curriculum. So starting to look at how those platforms can help augment what's happening from a skills perspective. Um, from our core products, we continue to take feedback to be able to improve those and looking at things like how do we build out solutions to better support the end-to-end -end operations of a school and how does that connect to the student experience. Um, so if you think about systems like a CRM platform that allows you to manage student data and you know track everything from admissions through um, student graduation and be able to provide students with the information that they need to help them on their journey, um, we're looking at how our platforms can support more of that end-to-end -end student lifecycle. So the Dynamics 365 platform is really building those capabilities into our higher education accelerator to, um, to make that a more seamless journey. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're continuing to look at ways that we can bring technology closer to the students um, through devices like Surface, where there's a, uh, a really great uh, education story around that device with the pen and the form factors. 
um, and in for faculty with Surface Hub in the um, institutional environment, really great ways to be able to create those immersive experiences. Um, and, you know, in the sort of more niche areas, uh, I've been incredibly impressed with how people have used technology like HoloLens to you to create mixed reality courses um, to be able to do cool. everything. <laughs> I love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, we saw Case Western Reserve um, uh, actually using HoloLens to help uh, with medical education this year to make sure that students could continue learning, even though they weren't able to physically be in class. So some really cool things happening uh, to look at those technologies at the edge. I love that. And the, like I said, when we, we did chat a little bit about this in the Add Up Experience episode that we did with Joe Salustio, the, the VR and AR stuff is gonna be a great disruptor um, and also so. a, great, a great area to, to really move things forward. So I just love that you have that capability and functionality with Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, we do. And, you know, one of the things that I think has really been exciting, and I think that we're going to see more of this um, as we go on is places where we've got, um, you know, companies like Microsoft and some of our uh, commercial customers partnering up with universities to look at how technology and, um, you know, some of those advanced capabilities come more into the learning experience and then build more of this innovation, um, you know, right into the university experience. Um, some of the work that we're doing with Purdue, as an example, really centers around how Microsoft and, and some of our partners are um, working on uh, curriculum and, and the approach towards manufacturing in particular. We're really building the idea of smart manufacturing as a, a key capability. So there's gonna be a lot more of that sort of uh, partnership intersection between higher ed and commercial organizations going forward. Yeah, and I love the collaborations you're doing and the partnerships that you have. It's really, you know, at the end of the day, I always say it's about the students and their learning experiences and thinking about all the different things that they have to do, you know, at the university level, kind of, you know, the SIS, you know, the financial aid, all that stuff. And you're thinking about that, not just the space where they actually learn. Everything's connected and helps them grow and as they matriculate through those programs. So that's wonderful. So last two questions that I have before we wrap things up here, and we've said a lot of wonderful things and I appreciate you so much sharing this. Did we miss anything? And is there anything else you'd like to share? And then also what do you see as the future of ed educational technology looking like? As, you know, in higher education, K through 12, you can speak to both. So do we miss anything? And what do you see the future of ed tech looking like? Um, it's, it's hard to capture everything. Um, so I know that we've missed things, um, but, uh, you know, I think we've covered a lot of ground. Um, I think the key thing for me is that this space is just changing so quickly. Um, we see, uh, enormous innovation happening on everything from, um, you know, content, content delivery to student engagement and tools for student mental health, uh, to the infrastructure that schools are deploying to get themselves online in a sustainable way. So I think, you know, there's, Every day there's something new that's, that's coming out in the ecosystem that's just amazing. And I, I have a hard time keeping up myself. <laughs> so I know right. there's, there's yeah. stuff out there that we haven't, uh, we haven't captured. Um, but the future of ed tech is, is gonna be, uh, I think keeping a lot of the pace that we saw this year um, at the forefront. Uh, you know, we saw an explosion in venture capital money going into ed tech. We've seen a lot of activity with some of the bigger, more traditional players in education with them really trying to um, expand their platforms and, and move things around. We've seen a lot of mergers and acquisitions in the ed tech space, um, but at the forefront, I think we've seen the willingness to adopt new solutions uh, come to a new level. 
for faculty as well as for institutions. So I think we're going to continue to see that uh, embrace of innovation uh, go ahead. And that's really exciting because I think the ed tech space, although there's been a ton of development, I still have not seen my you know, dream Uber ultimate solution that does end to ed education. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, we still want to see that one come out. But I'm, I'm, I'm super hopeful that what we've learned through the pandemic is now going to be something that really does influence ed tech and creates a, a much more sustainable, inclusive environment going forward. Exactly. And I always say we're the curators of our own success. So adopting these technologies and forward-minded thinking and innovation is really where we need to be. And COVID did make us realize that. Um, so Chris, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and sharing all this great information with us. Um, and of course, everything that Chris talks about is going to be linked in the show notes. So you can catch them there and also where to connect with Chris as well. So thank you so much for your time, Chris. Thanks, Holly. It's been great. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Awesome. Thanks so much. You've been listening to another episode of Ed Up Ed Tech with your host, Holly Owens. You can follow Holly on LinkedIn. You can also visit her website at jollyholly.me to find out more about what she's up to. Please head to Apple or wherever you download your podcast content and leave us a rating, review, and please subscribe to be notified of future episodes. This has been another incredible episode of Ed Up Ed Tech with your host, Holly Owens.